When the guys asked me what my perfect night would be, I told them the truth. Beer and board games. They thought I was kidding. I was not kidding. Ladies and gentlemen, you know what that sound means. It means it's episode 148 of the Personal Arrogance Podcast, brought to you by the Bald Move Network. I am one of your hosts. My name is Eric Walquist, and joining me this week, as he does each and every time I record anything, is my friend, my Roman, my countryman. You're lending him your ears. His name is... Eric, you're you're lying. That's not true. You do a whole <laughs> podcast without me. Yeah, but I uh, I like to phone you, and uh, you know, I like to oh, say I just don't pick up. Right, I like to say that I phone you because I pretend that I'm Canadian sometimes, but <laughs> other times I just call you. Yeah. Just- well, I'm Jesse. You're gonna have to speak up, Eric, because I'm wearing a towel, Wilson. Great. What does that mean? <laughs> oh, on your head. Did you wash your hair? No. Actually, it's covering my uh, gentles. Oh, okay. Yeah. (laughs) This is an epic start to an epic podcast. (laughs) Uh, I should also let it be known to the listeners that, uh, to me right now, Eric sounds like a combination of a droid and someone talking through one of those, you know, when you're like negotiating with the hostage. Mm Mm-hmm crew or right. whatever and you want to disguise your voice yep i think we've all been there yeah that, that's kind of how you sound right now <laughs> well uh it's a good thing that we're recording on my end because you're coming through loud and clear <laughs> it would be a much more interesting podcast i think <laughs> that's from my perspective that's the future personal arrogance robot cast we'll just <laughs> auto-tune everything jesse how was your week oh man well you know i'll uh-huh. let you tell it what just oh, the moving? Yeah. yeah, the epic moving story. Are you sore? Well, man, and this isn't because of moving. Mm-hmm. It's because I was throwing around the stupid football with a friend of the show, Dan. I sprained my finger and it's still all fat and swollen. <laughs> you broke it, dude. I didn't break it. Did you break your ring finger, your wedding ring finger, just weeks ahead of your wedding? It uh, It hurts really bad and it's getting mm-hmm. worse every day. Yeah, so that, you tell me. I'm not a doctor. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. See, you should have gone with the $40 ring, dude. You could replace that shit. Well, yeah. Luckily, uh, I wasn't wearing my ring. It didn't have to be cut off. Because <laughs> my fingers swell up. It's all fatty still. When I bought my ring, uh, the jeweler, because I got a, a titanium ring, and they're like, yeah, titanium's a great you know, metal to make a ring out of because it's really light and it's super strong. But if you're ever in a car accident or anything, they can't cut it off with even the jaws of life. Wow, you basically need that's a, a problem. Yeah, you basically need a diamond cutter to cut it off. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, downside. I made my ring in a fifth grade uh, ceramics class, mm-hmm. so no problem. That'll shatter easily. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, yeah, so actually that goes right into my dedication. So I moved this past weekend. And I got to dedicate the podcast to you, Jesse, to my sister, Annika, and my brother-in-law, Dan, because 
You guys were epic movers. The and thing you know, is, you know how much I, I hate mean, to use the I word epic, but you guys I were epic. I don't want to detract from mm-hmm. my own contribution, right? But the real hero was powerful Dan. Yeah, totally. Dan he is- was a beast. He was like having Marshawn Lynch help you move. It was like nonstop <laughs> beast mode from him. It really was. Like I couldn't stop him from moving stuff. I would like <laughs> we like park the van and then I like go up to just check out the apartment. I come back down like it's all unloaded. Yeah, I know. He was a real monster. Yeah. It was actually fun working with him because he was just like nonstop. It's like, let's get it done. I'm like, all right. All right. Let's get her done. Yeah, you Larry, guys. I can't. Guy. I cannot imagine trying to do that by myself or me with, with me and Lydia. That would have taken like 12 hours. I was thinking about that. It yeah. would have been nigh impossible. I, it was, uh, it, it's insane to me how much stuff we have. Like, when I moved into my apartment, I had like four boxes of stuff. And when I moved out of my apartment, it was – we had two full U-Hauls full of crap. I don't that's, understand where it all came from. That's part of being from. an American though. Yeah, I know. It's the consumer culture. I was just I – was, I was thinking about that when you're moving in about like how anytime you go out, you're like, what am I going to buy tonight? Like See, <laughs> it's basically how am I going to spend money today? That's what That's yeah. the American mentality. See, I've I've moved uh I've moved three times in the last two years. Really in the last year and a half. Yep. So like I got over that. I mean, <laughs> I don't buy anything now. Yeah. I buy something, I'm like, do I really wanna have to physically relocate this? <laughs> That's a good question to ask when you're buying stuff. <laughs> and cool. the the only things that I really buy now are like Lego guys, because I'm addicted mm-hmm. to buying Legos right. and uh board games. Yeah. So well, <laughs> really, it's just like my twelve-year-old. Well, my heaviest overrides my sensibility, but <laughs> well, Lego guys are pretty light. But my heaviest box was my board game box. Like board games are pretty heavy when you put them all together. I don't know. You had some pretty fucking heavy boxes. <laughs> well, that'll go to the recommendation, but we'll save that for later. Jesse, what are you drinking tonight? Oh, I'm just drinking free beer from work. I got cool. my ass kicked at work today, so cool. I. I didn't have the energy to go pick up anything fancy, so well, yeah. uh, I just I just went straight home and jumped in the bath because I was I was hurting. Yeah, that's I was sore from the move, but uh, and I have like strange bruises. I have like uh, what is that called? Stigmata on my body from this Do move. You? It's so weird. I have like little polka dot bruises on my body. It's like, how did this happen? Uh, I'm sorry. I'm drinking Deschutes River Ale. Uh, I think I had this a couple weeks Ooh, ago. Oh, I love that River Ale. It's man. pretty good stuff. I don't know the fir- the batch that I had before, and I know it's probably the same batch, but the bottles I had before, I seem to enjoy more than this bottle. Right. But, yeah. What are you gonna do? It's it's all delicious stuff. It's from Deschutes. It's from Bend, Oregon. You can't go wrong with that. Uh, so uh, speaking of not going wrong, you can't go wrong with Connect the Dotsy, even when he disagrees with you. What do I mean? Well, listener, why don't you have a listen to his phone call to us this week? Hey, guys. It's Roger Dotsy. I was just calling. I meant to call him last week in your response to the Iron Man 3 Star Trek segment. Um, I'm going to go ahead and disagree with you, Eric. Uh, of course, let me preface this. I did go to the theater. I had just finished dental school, four years of crap, hard work, done, finally done, 
went to the theater by myself, which, as you say, is an awesome experience. And I went to see, I, I decided on Iron Man 3. And I had a blast. I thought it was super fun. Um, it might have been the, the mood I was in, but I had a blast. I had my big old Coke Zero. I was watching nice. it. I thought the action sequences were super fun. Uh, and that's all I really wanted. I thought the Tony Starkisms were really funny. I really liked his relationship with that little kid. I liked Tony's arc in this movie. I'll agree with you on the villains. Didn't love it. But I did love the twist of the Mandarin, even though a bunch of fanboys were mad. There's just a lot of things I really enjoyed about it. Do I think it's a piece of film? Uh, do I think it's a film masterpiece? No. I don't, but do I think it's the best Marvel property? Probably not either, but Tony Stark is really fun to watch. Iron Man is fun to watch. I quibble with the ending as well, but that came after, you know, two hours of fun to me, and I thought it was a really fun movie. Um, I, I almost like everything Marvel does. Um, and for that reason, because it's fun. And I, 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 too, decided to see Star Trek because I decided, what the hell? I'd like to see both of them. And I agree it was a better-made movie, but I didn't have as much fun with it. I, you said that it was a rip-roaring adventure, and I felt that way about Iron Man 3 for some reason. I really, really, I liked Star Trek Into Darkness quite a bit, actually, but it wasn't as exciting and fun. I actually... I timed it wrong and had to leave the movie early uh, whenever Khan and Spock were fighting on that ship or whatever. And I didn't feel like I missed anything by not seeing the ending because I knew what was going to happen. Um, and it just didn't really bother me that much that I had to walk out early. Just my thoughts. Thought I'd throw some input in there, you know, get a differing opinion. Um, yeah. I uh, hope you guys are doing well, and uh, it's it's good to chat again. See you later. Get off my back, Roger. You get off my back. I think Roger should know mm-hmm. that at work, mm-hmm. uh, when someone asks me to do something, like, hey, just go do this, I'll be like, Roger Dotsie. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> are you serious? Yeah, I do that, That's and no one has commented on it, which is what I think is weird. <laughs> Nobody's like, who's Roger Dotsie? Yeah, exactly. Like, what do you mean when you say Roger Dotsie? I just say it, and everyone's like, all right. Well, uh, Roger Dotsie sounds like it could just be like an old-timey saying. <laughs> so they probably like don't want to sound stupid by saying, like, what does Jiminy Crickets mean? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Roger Dotsie. Either that Roger or they just Dotsie. don't care. That is so funny, and that needs to become a parlance I of our times. So uh, that's an early reco. Yeah, Roger Dotsy. Roger Dotsy, <laughs> buddy, taking care of it. Roger, we love we love it when you call in, uh, even when you're completely wrong. Uh, but it's it's I all. No, I haven't seen either movie. You know, a movie is a movie, and we live in an age where people are people are so passionate about these things that everything's the worst thing or the best thing or whatever. And I think that this is. <laughs> Totally, like, legitimate Roger's point of, like, you know, sometimes you just go to the movie and you're having a good time and you go to the movie and you have a good time while you're in the movie because you're just having a good time. Mm -hmm. So, uh... It's great that we live in a world 
Mm -hmm. where people are able to get so upset about little things (laughs) because there's nothing to worry about, like civil war in Syria or mass protests in Turkey or anything like Mm -hmm. that. Right. I mean, I just made all that stuff up. Right. That's all hypothetical. Luckily, we are able to get upset about which almost identical summer blockbuster is better. (laughs) No, we, we, uh, you know, Iron Man, it wasn't the greatest movie of all time, but, uh, but every to each his own, Roger, and thank you for that differing opinion. We always love a counterpoint to our point. And also, congratulations on finishing dental school. Yeah, that's cool. You don't yeah. seem super stoked on it, though. Four years of crap. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm going to ask next time I'm getting a cleaning. I'm going to be like, hey, Dennis, tell me the truth. Was it, was it just four years of crap? So I guess for four years, you must be a dentist, not a hygienist. Right. Well, I'm sure a dental school is probably after your you know, pre after your bachelor's degree, it's probably another right, four years. But he, he's going to be like, he's going to be the guy who like after the cleaning, right? Happens, looks in. comes in and is right. like, oh, it looks good. How's your grades doing, Jesse? Mm-hmm. That kind of thing. And you're right. like, I've been graduated for like two and a half years. I was like, oh, because <laughs> <laughs> you still go to the dentist from when you were a child. Uh, last time I went to the dentist was my childhood dentist. Don't tell Roger Dotsy that. Too late, Roger. We too love late you, to buddy. Apologize. It's too late. Um, all right. Next, next, uh, next feedback we have is a check-in from Philly Beer Week from none other than the great, the wonderful, and the majestic Jr. So, uh, Jr., uh, why don't you take it away here? Hey, what's up, guys? It's Jr. from Philly. Uh, I just stepped out of this new place called. Brew, B-R-U, with an umlaut, and I'm here with some of my buddies and my sister, and we're enjoying some Philly Beer Week action. Uh, We checked out that ballpark beers of the West Coast, and that was pretty sweet, and uh, definitely liked the uh, Oscar Blues Gubna. That was pretty freaking awesome. The Shiner Bach was pretty awesome. Uh, so Shiner Box, from, Shiner Box from the Rangers Ballpark and the uh, Oscar Blues Governors from Coors Field. Uh, and now we're at this place. We're hitting up uh, this Alleganza, which is the Allagash celebration, the Amaganza, which is the Amagang celebration. Let me tell you something, brothers. There are two places from the East Coast, Allagash from Maine, Amagangs from upstate New York. They're bringing the heat. They're bringing the thunder. They have some amazing beers, and I got to weigh the needle. I don't know. It's Allagash. It's Amagang. It's pretty solid. So East Coast, West Coast, worlds are colliding. <laughs> worlds are freaking colliding over here. So, you know... We'll have to discuss this further once I recap my thoughts and uh, I'm not so stumbly. <laughs> Anyways, get off my back. Stay arrogant. Later, guys. Get off of my back. Get off of my- I love how we went, get off, and it was like, beep, beep, my back. <laughs> Moments later, he walked into traffic. <laughs> oh, God, JR. <laughs> Don't be so stumbly. Okay? Uh, no, thank you. Philly uh, Beer Week sounds awesome. Yeah, no, and especially Allagash. Allagash is right. doing some awesome stuff. And actually, at uh, where I work, mm-hmm. 
the former junior brewer who I replaced had previously worked at Allagash, and he was Ooh. telling me some of the projects. They're like brewing around the clock there because they can't keep up with demand. And they apparently they have like a big room, like a big wooden room that they do spontaneous fermentation projects in, which Whoa. is so fucking cool. What's and spontaneous just, fermentation? Uh, it's basically like <clears throat> you make it's, – it's the old school way of doing it because oh. like oh. – uh, Pretend you're a monk in mm-hmm. 1600. So you, <laughs> you make the wort. You, uh, you make the beer the same way you normally would, uh-huh. but you don't add yeast to it and you just put it in a room and let it ferment uh, naturally. You let a wild yeast strain just like float in and drop on it and that ends up being your uh, fermentation. But – there's a lot of nasty ass yeast strains out there, so you want right. to encourage only the best yeast strains. And yeast loves wood; it clings on to wood, and um, so they'll they'll make these wooden rooms. Everything's made out of wood, and then uh, put the wort in there in like these wood containers, essentially mm-hmm. that are open top, so the yeast can uh, drop in there. And uh, the thought is that the good yeast strains are already living in your wood, and if you don't get anything after a while. They'll literally like chop down like cherry trees and like just stuff the rooms full of what? Yeah, like that's like awesome. Fresh, freshly blossoming cherry trees to get these. Uh, the yeast strains are living in, especially like ripening fruit is like super rich in these wild yeast strains because they find the sugar and start developing there. So they'll cut them down and fill the rooms up with this. With the you know chopped down wood, and then that will encourage a spontaneous fermentation. That is amazing, and it's a really really cool old school way to do things. And like it's you can't recreate it mm-hmm. besides doing it this way, and that's what makes it super interesting. So Allagash is doing stuff like that. They got that kind of money to throw around. Cool. Yeah. So good for them. Yeah, dog. Um, gosh, that sounds awesome. Yeah, Allagash and Amagong. I don't know what the other one was called. Amagong, uh, you'll know them from. They have a pretty limited distribution out here. They have the the littler bottles with like the gnome on them. Oh, so it's spelled like O M M E G A N G. Oh yeah, I totally know that. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's those guys. Um, and speaking of beer, speaking of Jr. Jr. Last, uh, I think it was last week, uh, talked about or he introduced the Personal Arrogance Beer Hall of Fame in the first. Uh, beer to go into the Hall of Fame was the Arrogant Bastard from Stone. We're looking for number two, uh, uh, and Anthony uh, decided to write in and give us a nomination. He says, short time listener, first time emailer. I uh, just wanted to nominate a couple beers for the Hall of Fame. First, Firestone Walker DBA. It's my faves. Second, I'm not sure the name of it, but it's made by Royal Caribbean, and I believe it's only served on their cruise ships. Probably also some spontaneous fermentation happening there. <laughs> Uh, and it's awesome. That's all I got. Please don't get onto my back. Get off. Uh, that's Anthony's from Slow San Luis Bispo, uh, and uh, he drank a twenty-two. I these I think these are up for nomination. I think. Well, I don't know if Royal Caribbean was up for nomination. I don't I, know if I'll yeah, ever I don't know. I feel like that. you may have been having a good time, and that may have influenced <laughs> your uh, decision to nominate it. Yeah, when I was in Palm Springs, sixteen out or you know, Tall Boys of of Red Stripe was like the best beer <laughs> because it was the cheapest and it was the most. Uh, but what it, if we're wrong though? What if it's like if this awesome beer? What if like Royal Caribbean has yeah. this in-house brewing program <laughs> that's like fucking awesome and no one knows about it? Yeah, that'd be pretty amazing. <laughs> that would be awesome. 
but I think we got to look at Firestone Walker. Uh, we also got uh, uh, a nomination for another Firestone Walker beer last time. So I have a, I have a very special place in my heart for Firestone Walker because it's based in Paso Robles, California, which is where I was stranded for three days after uh, my car got totaled in upstate Can- uh, California. So, but it's a lovely town. Uh, really, it is uh, Paso Robles. It's a great place, uh, very relaxing, and that's Firestone Walker is there. So we'll take a look at it. I don't think we're going to induct any beers this week, but we'll uh, we'll keep those in the back of our mind. Um, and then we finally have one more phone call. This one comes to us from Texas uh, from a uh, longtime fan of the show and somebody we, we really like a lot. Here it is. Hey, Eric. Hey, Debbie. This is Angela from Hunter, Texas. Um, I just wanted to call and request a favor. Um, so tomorrow, Thursday, June 6th, is my brother's birthday, Aaron Martinez. And I was kind of hoping that y'all could um, just give a birthday shout-out to him. I think it would be pretty hilarious and pretty awesome. Um, anyway, thanks. Get off my back, Angela. Get off of my back. I First of all, I want to say sisters are awesome. I think we can both agree on that. Yeah, I'm going to have to go ahead and say <laughs> yes. Uh, so, Angela, you're a great sister for for uh, for letting us know about Aaron's birthday. And, Aaron, we uh, we do want to wish you a happy birthday. Unfortunately, we can't sing the birthday song because we have copyright lawyers breathing down our necks, mm-hmm. um, listening happy to every second. Happy birthday. Oh, come on. Come on, Jesse. To you. You just cost us $15,000. That that version is copyright Marilyn Monroe, and when she died, it went public domain. Oh, there you go. Uh, <laughs> but instead of the birthday song, and since Jesse, since you're auto tuning, I actually uh, just wrote up a quick uh, jingle for Aaron for his birthday. So I was just gonna sing uh-huh. that real quick. Goes a little something like this: You came out of your mother's womb. You left it like an empty tomb. Your names, Aaron Martinez. Empty tomb. Yeah, <laughs> you said, "Hey, life, I'm taking you by the reins." Then you said, "Hey, this is a pain, but your name is Aaron Martinez." But then you said, "Life, you ain't that bad. Actually, you're pretty rad." I'm four years old, and I'm gonna have a great life. My name's Aaron Martinez. It's my birthday, and personal arrogance is singing to me. I'm Aaron Martinez. Oh, was that where Aaron I Aaron Martinez. Uh, That's it. <laughs> Psych me out there for a second. <laughs> Aaron, congratulations. It's your birthday. We love you, buddy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, one year uh, older, one year wiser. One year closer to... Uh, Social Security. Rock and roll star, King Czar, and a Kaiser. Something we're all looking forward to. Uh, And uh, listeners, just want to let you know how you can get in touch with us. You can give us a call, leave us a voicemail, 360-362-0024. Empty tomb. That's not okay to say. It's like it's like the whole uh, you know the journey of Christ type of thing that's in like so many movies. That doesn't make it any better. The Messiah's journey. Um, Boy. Uh, and you can also uh, leave us a call and give us a voicemail at 360-362-0024. Send us an email at personalarguments at gmail.com. Uh, and, uh, and please get in touch with us. We love it when you do. And we always put it on the podcast. All right, Jesse, <laughs> let's get rolling here. Quite literally, it's time yep. for a little tiny Matt Roloff to start off the show. 
Um, we're each going to roll a 20-sided die to see who gets to speak first on the cast this week. Jesse, are you ready? Yes, sir. Oof. What'd you roll? I rolled I rolled a whopping four there, Eric. Uh, oh, I rolled a four. Oh! Roll off. Double roll off. Double roll off. Here we go. 18. Oh, 17. Oh. <laughs> almost a double-double. All right, Jesse, you win. What is the first topic of this show? Well, uh, I want to talk a little bit about science. Mm-hmm. So, um, basically, there was a, uh, and this is coming from futurity.org, so got to trust that source. Def. Uh, coming out of UC Berkeley, mm-hmm. uh, ancient Roman structures uh, have been studied that have basically... Uh, remained intact for the last 2,000 years. Mm-hmm. So studying these structures have led to a better way to uh, make more durable and sustainable concrete. Oh, oh that makes sense. So uh, using the, and I, I love this, advanced light source at Lawrence Berkeley National Laboratory. That's all capitals. <laughs> You're supposed to read that while shouting. Oh, sorry. Engineers and geologists examined the (laughs) fine-scale structure of Roman concrete. The findings showed that the first time, uh, for the first time, how the extraordinary stable compound calcium aluminum silicate hydrate, otherwise known as cash, Uh binds the material used to build some of the most enduring structures of the Western civilization. So basically what they're doing here is they're looking back... At the stuff that made up all these, you know, Roman Roman ruins, but right. I guess the ones that aren't ruins, right? Which what would you Roman uh, uh, stables? Yeah, Rome. Except not stables, because right. put horses in stables. Roman f- fine buildings. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Okays. And uh, yeah. Yeah, uh, fair to middling. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and and decided to like find what the chemical compounds were, or whatever, mm-hmm. and then use that to determine how to make shit that's gonna last another two thousand years. And particularly, mm. uh, they found it in aquatic environments. So they found the stuff that's been hidden under seas for so long, but still intact. Huh? Because everyone knows that the sea is a nightmare of hellish chaos. Right. And uh, basically destruction sperm and whales. killing mm-hmm. and sperm whales and giant jellyfish right. around every corner. Irukandji. But uh, certain things, I mean, these Roman runes have survived for 2,000 years underwater. Yep. And maybe that's a good idea that <laughs> yeah. we should do more of that. Maybe we should build bridges out of that stuff. And well, we them... don't want the bridges to be underwater, Eric. Well, but the pylons... <laughs> yeah, no, that's a. I mean, that's an excellent point. And I mean, uh, there's there's a couple takeaways here, right? There's we can. One thing is, uh, what are some stuff from the past that we should look uh-huh. at as maybe we should recreate that in the future? And the right. second thing is, the Romans did some badass shit. Romans were crazy, dude. They uh, were crazy, you... and I have two examples mm-hmm, here. Mm-hmm. One, they built the aqueducts. Right. And every now and then they're like, oh, there's a mountain. And they dug, they tunneled through the mountain perfectly so that the aqueduct was at the same like 0.1% gradient that 
it maintained the entire way. So they perfectly drilled through the side of a mountain. <laughs> which is pretty crazy. Yeah. And the second one is in pretty modern times, I want to say like the 50s or 60s, uh-huh. uh, the city of Rome was having a uh, basically sewage problem. And they're like, we're going to have to build all these you know, sewers and drainage and stuff. And someone was like, you know, we could just clear out the old Roman sewers. Uh-huh. And they're like, okay, we'll do that, and problem solved. <laughs> to this day, they still use the old Roman sewers that they built, you know, that is from, insane. in like 1 AD. Yeah. <laughs> that, that is just crazy. And, uh, yeah, it is nuts. And it makes me just think about, like, what's my impact on Earth going to be? <laughs> well, see, that's, first of all, you know, there's the whole idea that pavement is permanent. So right. if maybe we shouldn't be building stuff. <laughs> <laughs> out, of, out of super durable concrete. I'm just saying. Right, I mean, it does have its upsides. Like maybe you can... we should be building cool stuff. Uh huh. Because <laughs> no one, no one ever excavates a Roman ruin. Is like, oh, these people. They build all this tacky crap. <laughs> Look at this. Is this stucco? Yeah. Ugh, <laughs> idiots. I. <laughs> is this wood paneling? Is this? <laughs> I love that. Yeah. I, I I often think that people will look back on our era and really think that like everything is so oily. Like I think that they're gonna think that we were like really greasy people, literally. Because I'm sure that we'll come up with some great alloy or something in the future, but the fact that so many things are made out of plastic right now oh. and like plastic is basically oil. It's it like, is oil, but it also like at what point in the future is this going to happen? Because plastic doesn't break down for like 100,000 years. Exactly. So they're going to be like, look at all this crap that's like. <laughs> that I mean... love the idea of your future society where they look back and see all our plastic stuff and are like, oh, they were so oily. <laughs> well, really, I mean, if you feel plastic, like I'm feeling the mixer right now. The sides of the mixer are made out of plastic. <laughs> And like it feels, you're not kind telling of, me that feels like oil. It doesn't feel like oil, but it feels like it's weirdly smooth. I mean, you're but, feeling the own oil that comes out of your pores, but it's slippery. <laughs> That's what you're feeling. It's slippery. You're not telling me that <laughs> if you're trying to tell me that you can feel the oil that your mixer is made out of, you're high right I'm now. I'm not saying that I can feel the oil. I'm just saying it feels unnaturally smooth. Okay. And well, not not more smooth than like marble. No one's gonna like rub mm, up on the statue of David and be but, like, "Oh, what an oily culture." But the statue of David and marble is not made out of oil. Like, I think that there's <laughs> going to be a perception in the future that, it, you know, if we move beyond plastic as a society, <laughs> that we're going to say, "Oh yeah," and they made everything out of plastic, which is actually has its base in oil. They're going to be like, "Ew, that's really gross." Like everything must have been so slimy. I I think that's a little bit of a stretch. I don't know, man. That's just what I think. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, they're they're digging up all these two thousand year old Roman uh, structures. So I just have to come to the conclusion that people back then were just like totally made out of rock. I'm not. They were saying... just such a like a like shaking their hand would be like shaking sandpaper. <laughs> Probably they were probably covered in dust. <laughs> Why do you say that? Dusty people. Why were they dusty? First of all, they wear sandals everywhere. 
<laughs> what does that if mean? any shoes at all. I mean, they're basically walking on the dirt, so their feet are going to be dirty, right? <laughs> and sure, then, their feet were dirty. And then their hands, too, because they don't wash. They don't have the cleanliness. I think they washed their hands. Eric. They did not wash their hands. They took a they shower, did. like, every nine months. The, I mean, um, if you th- I think you need to go <laughs> take a couple more history classes. <laughs> I'm just trying to prove a point here, Jesse. It doesn't help that you have a keen understanding of Roman history. It also doesn't help that to this day, 90% of humans live within a stone's throw of a water source. Well, <laughs> I guess they were doing something with those aqueducts. Whatever. Apparently, my points are valid. <laughs> uh, yeah. Ancient technology, though, I mean, there's a few things that I'd like to see come back. Um, Like, first right. of all, the, the thing that speaks to me here is that they're, scientists are studying this concrete that was presumably made out of like 100% natural materials. And yet well, everything is 100% natural materials. Yeah, not necessarily. What's a non-natural material? Plastic. I mean, that's made out of na- it comes from oil. oil I know, comes but from I, fucking dead dinos and but like I'm saying wood. It's all natural. No, but there's a lot of chemical processes that go on to create plastic. That's fine. I'm talking I, about. I mean, those are natural chemicals. Like basically, <laughs> well, everything's natural chemicals. Uh, I still like the idea of un- there's like certain unnatural stuff in our world. Well, it's all natural. Oh come on! But what about Uno Octium? I mean, there's a whole that string of elements. One tenth of a second. There's a whole string of elements that are, are only created in laboratory conditions. Okay, that is true. Yeah. <laughs> Once we reach that island of stability mm-hmm. in the one thirties of our uh, periodic table mm-hmm. and start making shit out of that, then we'll have unnatural exactly. materials for well, sure. That's what they're going to have in the future. Like Everything's going to be made out of unooxium. Well, I'm sure there's people latching onto this and saying like, <clears throat> see, the Romans mm-hmm. were making things that lasted 2,000 years right. underwater. And in our in our modern society, we can't even make something last 20 years underwater. Therefore, uh-huh. the ancient Romans were in direct contact with aliens oh. for giving them unnatural uno-octanium uh, <laughs> alloys. Well, I mean, that's the only real conclusion you can come to here. Yeah, and it's underwater. We all know that if aliens are anywhere, they're underwater. Oh, totally. Totes my goats. Oh, I, we're on. The, maybe this is ancient sperm whale technology. <laughs> <laughs> maybe these. We think they're columns, but they're actually like busted up spears that the ancient sperm whales used to battle the ancient. Uh, yeah. Giant squid of the past. See, unfortunately, the original sperm whales did have arms. But they evolved fins because the fins allowed them to dive to the depths, whereas the arms, they could uh-huh. only get like a few, you know, right. feet Right, I mean, underwater. it was natural selection. The one with arms, they stayed, they battled the ancient sperm whales. Right. And they put up a fierce resistance, but they were all killed off. The ones who just had fins, they escaped. Exactly. So the ones with arms were all killed off and weren't able to breed. You know, there was a, uh, there was a, uh, one sperm whale that decided to avenge the deaths of his ancestors, and that's how the war of the sperm whale giant squid war of today was was started. Exactly, um, that is a fact. Mm-hmm. That is written in the lore of Atlantis. So exactly. exactly, that's a documented fact. Right. <laughs> oh, Dan Aykroyd told me. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, this is cool, man. And uh, it's pretty cool. I actually like. 
I like the idea of people looking at the ancient world and being like, how can we learn from them? Especially because, let's not forget, we went through a dark age. Like, mm-hmm. a lot of cool shit was forgotten. Well, there is a, you know, there is a theory out there as well. There's a conspiracy theory that the dark ages never happened. I know, and that it's a, like, Vatican plot to insert a couple hundred years into history. Right. It's pretty bizarre. It's really bizarre, but, uh, but you know. But then again, actually, yeah, it is that bizarre. They, they <laughs> yeah, uh, they karma dated the Ma- Magna Carta, and uh, it's completely bogus. It's hard to argue with carbon radiocarbon dating. <laughs> That's in what my you opinion, think, man. In my humble opinion. You know... Uh, it's all just science. And science is all just theories. <laughs> well, actually, I did hear it from an Atlantean squid warrior. <laughs> so there's double confirmation. He was oh, like, oh, yeah, God. shit was fucked up for like 400 years. <laughs> Keep it on the DL. This, this is between you, me, and Dan Aykroyd. <laughs> oh, God. All right. I'm going to move on. Uh, that's hilarious though. Uh, so, uh, I'm going to move on to, uh, something that I saw posted on Facebook today by friend of the show, Nicholas Reagan Hartman. Uh, and it was a great, a great, uh, article. This is from death and taxes, the death and taxes mag of 18 obsolete words, which should never have gone out of style. Oh, I am. My interest is picked. Good. I feel like the ancient Romans might agree. I think so too. So, um, so these are all, uh, you know, these are all words that were used in English uh, as recently as you know the 1800s, the early 1900s. Some slang terms, uh, well, mostly slang terms, but some actual words here that I think we need to work back into our vocabularies, mm-hmm. like um, Roger Dotsy, exactly, or start our own. Um. So the first one is a a pussy van. Oh, my. Mm -hmm. A pussy van is a a flurry temper. And uh, this is uh, from the Word Museum, the most remarkable English words ever forgotten. A pussy van. So if you work yourself. Can you work that into a sentence? Yeah. It's like uh, I couldn't get the remote control to work, so I worked myself into a pussy van. A pussy van. Mm Mm-hmm. Wow. Right. I was frustrated with the Mariners, so I had a pussy van in the stadium. (laughs) 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 I think that's a, that's a pretty, I think totally. I mean, I think that's a, that's totally a word that needs to be uh, revived. Also snout fair. A snout fair is a person with a handsome countenance. Mm -hmm. Uh, So. Snout fair. Right, I can see that. Like he's got a nice snout on him. That's a that's a fair snout. That's right. a, he's a snout fair. Or like that guy's so handsome, it's snout fair. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I know you hear that one so often. Right. Uh, I think that uh, this one probably went out for a reason, but it's a wonder wench, which is just a sweetheart. I like wonder wench. <laughs> I think this is probably the days back when uh, there wasn't so much gender equality. I'm and going to uh, work that one into <laughs> my sh- appreciation of my fiance. I'm sure I'm sure she'll enjoy that term. Wunderwinch. I think the only place where that term is still applicable is at uh, medieval times. 
I mean, that's almost like Wonder Woman, though. <laughs> it is. It's very close, except a witch is not a <laughs> a witch is not a, a a great term to call a woman these days. These days. Uh, the next one, lunting. I love this term because it's very specific. Okay. What would you? Well, if you had to guess, what would you guess the the verb lunting meant? Uh, I went to lunting this weekend. Mm-hmm. Therefore, I I was a coal miner. I don't know. I'm getting some sort of like digging things from the earth vibe. Hmm. Well, you're kind of there with coal because it has to do with smoking. It's walking while smoking a pipe. Ah, lunting. See, it's lunting. so specific, and I think we need more words for uh, doing one thing while doing another thing. Yeah, I agree. No. I like that a lot. Podcasting while being naked is called <laughs> to Jesse. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, <laughs> you actually are naked right now, aren't you? I am wearing a towel. Oh, God, I thought you were now. joking. Now we have a giant uh, boner. <laughs> Okay. Cover your eyes, ladies and gentlemen. Jesse's nude. Uh, a California widow, I think this is kind of funny, is a married woman whose husband is away from her for any extended period of time. Uh, I mean, that's almost taken on like a, a more macabre version of that now. Why? An army wife? Well, but I think California widow comes from the idea of like gold rush days. Yeah, gold rushing and yeah. stuff. There's also, like, uh, the widow's walk, mm-hmm. which is, like, an architectural term, you know? No. Yeah, it, it's like those, you think, like, the classic, like, seaside oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. New England mm-hmm. buildings. They have a widow's walk right. so that they could, like, go and look at the sea and, like, pine for their dead husband who died because it, they were fool, foolish enough to think that they could fuel their lamps from our heroes of the deep the sperm whale Mm -hmm. and luckily you know nature took its course right the well you know but now it adds like a couple grand onto the asking price (laughs) that's true now some like butt-headed uh rhode island's like thank god my great great grand puppy pappy was killed at sea by a narwhal I got ten extra ten k for this place. I converted it into a half bath somehow. A uh, half bath. This this house has a half bath widow's walk. Um, a groke. Groke is interesting, and I think groke can we can repurpose. We can repurpose this term. I think. Okay. Um, so right now, groke currently means to silently watch someone while they are eating. Hoping to be invited to join them. I've been there, man. Yeah, I have been there. Too. I have definitely been there. But I think, I've groaked. I think that you could grok with like any activity. Ooh, you know, like if you're at, I like it. If you're at a con and you see a bunch of people playing a board game, mm-hmm. and you just sit, stand there and watch them silently, but like mm-hmm. <laughs> you really just wish say, you're playing the same thing with video games with your yeah. friends when you yeah. like show up and they're playing video games. Like, yeah, I'll just watch. Yeah, I'll just grok here. I'll just grok. I'm just groking. Yep. I'm just token and groking. <laughs> well, you're technically not groking if you're saying you're groking. Because it has to be silent. That's true. It is. I'm just token and... <laughs> uh, there's also to gerbil, which is to pour out a liquid 
with an unsteady hand. Uh, <laughs> to gerbil? Yeah, to gerbil. That's a fucking awesome word. You're gerbiling. I am working that into my day-to-day vernacular because oh. I see that on the red. Yeah, or like, you know, when somebody pours a beer and they, like, don't angle the glass correctly and it foams right. all the way up, you could say, dude, you totally gerbiled Classic that beer. Classic gerbil. Gerbiled Classic it. gerbil. Uh, there's also Kurgloff, which is a shock felt in bathing when one first plunges into cold water. <laughs> wow, there's a word for that? Yeah, the Kurgloff. What's it called? Kurgloff. Kurgloff. Yeah. That's hilarious. I mean, uh, some old-timey wisdom from my grandma. One time we were driving down uh, Tracyton Beach Road. Mm -hmm. You know it well. Yep. And she actually warned me. She was like, on a hot summer day, don't jump into the – don't jump into the water – off around here because I know someone who jumped into the water, went into shock, and died. <laughs> That's some fucking grandma wisdom. Kurgloff dropped on me. He they, totally Kurgloff. Kurgloff, classic Kurgloff. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's a real thing. Don't do that. I you don't want to do that. I wish that there was a moment, like if there was a word for the moment between jumping off of a dock or something before you hit the water. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Because, like, when I do that, there's always, like, a moment right before I hit the water, and it seems longer than it should, but it, there's, like, a moment there where I'm like, all right, this is the last second I'll be dry. We, should, then, we should make up a word for this yeah. now. Well, I think jump, it, there should be... jump anticipate. Yeah, well, oh, jump anticipate. I like it. <laughs> I thought that there should be some connection with Kurgloff, but I mm, like that. That's good, too. Jump Terskolgoff a gate. I... I jumped Tersoclophagated before I Kurgloffed. Again, this just sounds dirty. It sounds pretty gross. But this one sounds grosser. A spermalogger. <laughs> However, Jesse, I think that both you and I, I think both you and I are spermaloggers. <laughs> because the definition of a spermalogger is a picker up of trivia, of current news, a gossip monger. <laughs> Or what would we call today a columnist? <laughs> spermalogger. Spermalogger. I think that we're just a couple of spermaloggers. <laughs> we're just a couple of spermaloggers. That's right? true. We are. We're a couple of spermaloggers with the podcast. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, re- I really like that on my business card. <laughs> yes. Brewer, spermalogger, uh, patriot. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, next up, we got tyromancy is dividing by the con- coagulation of cheese. Tyromancy. Divining? Yeah, so that, I think that's uh, – so divining means one of two things. First of all, it means like fortune telling or foreseeing the future, I think. Yeah, yeah, But it yeah. can also mean finding water. I'm sure it means predicting the future. Okay. So, yeah, tyromancy is like reading the tea leaves in, in curds of cheese. I like this. Uh, beef witted, having an in and having an inactive brain, thought to be from eating too much beef. <laughs> huh. Uh, wow. Next up, uh, another one that's that sounds interesting is a uh, a queer plunger. Mm. Queer plungers. <laughs> queer plungers are. Are we a couple of queer plungers? I don't think we're queer plungers. We're just spermaloggers. Uh, cheats who throw themselves into the water 
in order that they may be taken up by their accomplices who carry them to one of the houses appointed by the Humane Society for the recovery of drowned persons, where they are rewarded by the society with a guinea each and supposed and the supposed drowned person pretending that he was driven to that extremely to that extremity by great necessity is also frequently sent away with a contribution in his pocket. So people it's people who feign drowning in order for to gain money. Well, I'm not saying I haven't done that. <laughs> <laughs> I think that uh, I think maybe your grandma was spinning a tall tale. She thought that the guy uh, oh. died of shock, but he, his Kurgloff was actually just a queer plunger's ploy. Mm. Well, I mean, my grandma herself was a classic queer plunger. <laughs> it was a different time. Uh, and then up next, uh, we only have a couple of these left. I'm very excited about them. Um, up next, we have the uh, Englishable, that which may be rendered into English. So it's basically words that it's, uh, you can put into English. Englishable. I think that's when they like hijack words from other languages into English. Yeah, totally. Like uh, bistro. Exactly. Or uh, uh, kamikaze. Mm-hmm. Uh, up next, we have resi- resistentalism, the seemingly spiteful behavior shown by inanimate objects. Oh, that's a great one. <laughs> I had totally say is. that again. It's a uh, resistant resistentalism. I uh, I had a very resistentalist laptop. Yeah. This, this evening. Yeah. That is a truthful fact. Yeah, the back door to my apartment is very resistentalist. <laughs> I think that's a great one, and I think this actually spun into a Reddit thread today because people were asking which uh, which inanimate object has it out for you. Mm, uh, that's a great question. Yeah. Every Coffee tables, I think, are probably number one suspects. It takes very little for me to suspect an inanimate object of being resistant on the list. Right. Uh, just a couple left. Book right, a writer of books, an author, a term of slight con- contempt. I think that a book right, that's that's not totally out of the vernacular. Anything that's a right is a some kind of expert in the field. Uh, here we go. Soda squirt, one who works at a soda fountain in New Mexico. <laughs> Specifically in New Mexico, huh? Right. Yep. Well, Breaking Bad, this is up to you. Yeah, basically. Those guys are just, I mean, really, they're just meth squirts. (laughs) Um, With squirrel means pregnant. with. She is with squirrel. And then finally. (laughs) Yeah, we can face that one out again. (laughs) And then finally. She's with child. Yeah, she's with squirrel. Finally, Zafty, a person very easily imposed upon safety so if you see a zafty and if you are groking toward them they might let you play or eat yeah i like uh zafty sounds better than it is it it feels like someone who's zafty that should be a a positive thing it sounds almost like sassy or crafty yeah it's sassy and crafty apparently not Apparently, it's a fool's fool. There you go. Um, so that's these are words. So let's let's work some of these in and let's get this going. What do you say? Yeah, I, I already forgot them all. <laughs> what about spermalogger? Spermalogger, sand sand squirt. That was one. Or no, is that a so font? To, so to squirt. 
Oh, <laughs> uh, and don't forget uh, Kurgloff. Um, I, I couldn't. You, you couldn't. Um, all right. Well, let's move on to our break. Uh, the break is going to be a little short this week because I forgot to bring my cards with me. Okay. Are so, we making up our own trivia? Uh, we might be making up our own trivia. I have a good one for you. What's right. the third most populated country? Third most populated country. Well, you got so it'd be behind uh, India and China. Uh, hmm. I want to say United States. That is correct. All right. What's the capital of the country with the most Muslims? That would be Jakarta. Correct. Okay, we can't do the same because you know all my answers. <laughs> well, I I mean, I'm a spermologger. I'm a classic spermologger. Yeah, that's uh man, you're just the spermologger there. Mhm. Um <laughs> god. Uh what uh let's 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 use this opportunity here, Jesse. So you have a big uh a big day coming up, a big weekend coming up this weekend and uh and so Coincidentally, does JR from Philly? You're both having your bachelor party this weekend. Yeah, so, I know. I'm I'm hoping, and I've left this into your hands. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'll be massively dispo- disappointed and possibly <laughs> wedding off. Otherwise, I I think uh-huh. it has to be collaborative. It has to be collaborative for what? I want JR at my bachelor party. <laughs> vice versa. All right. Well, I'll send him an email. Um, Jesse, is there anything at your bachelor party? Since I am planning this, and it is a surprise, you don't even know where we're going or what we're doing. We're going somewhere. Is that true? Well, we are going somewhere. We will be somewhere for your bachelor party. Right. We'll be somewhere. I know I'm going somewhere. That much... I don't know if from whence I came, I will again <laughs> go further. Well, we will all be going somewhere to celebrate your bachelor party, Jesse. Uh-huh. But this is your this is your fourth. This is all of our fourth bachelor party in the Jay conspiracy. I know. Uh, this is we're putting a cap on it. It's right? the end of an era. It is the end of an era. So. uh Knowing that, is there anything specific you'd like to do for your bachelor party? Oh, man. I just want really good beer. Mm-hmm. I want really good friends. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't be bummed out if we did, like, a uh, magic gathering tournament. Right. I think doing a little draft tournament would be fun. Uh-huh. But I don't want that to be the focus of it. Right. I really have no idea. I don't. I don't really... I don't care so much. I just want to have a good time. And I, mm-hmm. I want to go do something fun. I want the equivalent of, like, picking up Levi and going to Canada. Or, like, uh-huh. saying, Jordy, pack your bags. We're going on a hike. Or pulling up at your place and be like, look at this fucking RV we got. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, you'll be sorely disappointed on all fronts. I'm sure. I so. No, I already uh, mitigated my expectations. I know you guys are all... In the creativity department, I would say lacking. So. <laughs> well, I uh, there will be an airing of grievances, so you can prepare for that. Is there is I've, there really going to be an airing? Of I've grievances? scheduled six hours for it. <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't know if that's a can of worms we should open. It will be done at a at the Greenwood Senior Center. <laughs> Mostly because I think a lot of that would be directed at me. Oh, I don't think so. We all know Jordy is the one we hate the most. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I owe 
with Jordy like my firstborn son. I, know. I lived with him for like three weeks on his couch. I know. Jordy is that's why I pick on him, because he's the nicest guy. Yeah, I know. He's the nicest man in the world. All He'll right. He'll be like, yeah, buddy. Probably our most epic break ever, Jesse, but why don't we uh move on? What's your second topic? Oh, let's let's jump to the WTF file. Mm-hmm. So I'm weirded out by this, even calling a WTF. Right. Because the uh, Ravens have visited Barack Obama at the White House. Yes. Which is, I mean, we're in the next season already. But this is what ha- this happens every year. This late? Well, they got to skip. They do all of the. I'm pretty sure they do all of the sports teams at once. So that it's not like something that bogs down the president. Like, <laughs> I Wait. think that they do every every championship team on the same day. What do you, I mean? This is confusing. I mean, the so like they if don't you, have the championship basketball team yet. Oh, that's true. <laughs> or hockey. <laughs> yep, that's totally true. So or WNBA. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess you got me there. I, I they got to they got to work it out. You know, now with the sequester and everything, you got to really. Know. I, I feel like, I mean, who even remembers the Super Bowl? <laughs> that was so long ago. I I find it really, it's so strange because, and, and Aaron talks about this a lot, is that like, you know, basically we're just rooting for laundry. We're rooting for the team that happens to play in our city, even though maybe at, at best one guy is from here yeah, or from, from the state. Uh but uh, we root so hard, and we we try we 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 put so much heart into this into this fandom for these sports teams, and then nobody really remembers. Like, do you remember who won the Super Bowl two years ago? Uh, the Colts. <laughs> no, Colts didn't win a Super Bowl. <laughs> they were actually the worst team in the league two years ago. Uh, Remember that? Well, three years ago, they won the the Colts won it pretty recently. They won in like two thousand nine. Well, okay, four years ago. I believe not like <laughs> totally off. Uh, I two years ago was it the Giants? I, yeah, it was the Giants. It was because okay. the Giants opened and lost to the Cowboys last season. Right. So there you go. It took us that long to think about who won the Super Bowl two years ago. And honestly, like the Ravens, I don't think of them as Super Bowl champions. I think that's one of the uh, – they obviously are Super Bowl champions. I don't mean to diminish anything there. But they <laughs> – it's one of the things about football is that, like, it really doesn't matter. Like, going into the next season, you can't say that, like, the Ravens are the number one pick to be the Super Bowl champions this year. No. You know? Uh, it's so strange in, in football how quickly we can forget. But that's yet, one of the things that makes football yet, so great. I mean, that's, that's exactly why you should go meet – the president, like the like the Monday after the Super Bowl, Jesse. I don't think you realize how difficult it is to get from Baltimore to Washington D.C. <laughs> no, they made the huge <laughs> trek. Got on their super uh, jumbo jets. Right. They all. <laughs> they actually, little known fact, had to go into uh, lower at lower Earth atmosphere. Mm-hmm. They had to go into orbit. They right. went into the first level of space. Right. To and get there. then landed their jets. I just imagine them all, for some reason I have a visual in my head of them all uh, just on Segway scooters <laughs> going from, from Baltimore to, to Washington, D.C. But yeah, yeah. I, just, I just find it really bizarre that it took this long. It did. I mean, especially since like half the guys aren't even on the team anymore. 
Yeah, that's true. I mean, how awkward is that when yeah. like you have to like all like get the old team. Mm-hmm. We're gonna go to the White House. Well, I think it's pretty easy to get people to go to the White House and get their picture taken with the president. Yeah, but I mean, it's got to be weird when you're all eating like you're at the buffet mm-hmm. and you're like, I'm not on your team. I'm just curious when this all started. Like, when did the trips to the White House start for sports teams? Because now, like, every sports team, every championship team gets to go to the White House. But I don't think, like, Herbert Hoover was hosting, like, the 1927 Yankees. <laughs> like, Yeah, that's true. I, uh, I, I really wonder, like, who was the first sports team that showed up? Like, who was the first president who was like, you know what? The Rams deserve to meet me for winning. Well, I feel like uh, possibly Andrew Jackson may have like mm-hmm. led in some sort of sports team because mm-hmm. it's basically if you if you show up at the White House doors with a fifth of whiskey, you're getting in. Well, that was back in the day. Like there was crazy stuff that used to go on at the White House. Like uh, I can't remember who it was, but he would like there were presidents who would like you could literally just make an appointment with them and like come and talk to them. In the yeah, White House. those were the days. Well, I mean, this goes back to my thing where, like, we're the third most populated country now. Uh-huh. I mean, back back in the day, there were, like, ten Americans. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so it's like you could go talk to the prison. No big deal. It's uh-huh. like seven of you voted for him. So <laughs> you just walk up and knock on the door. It's like, oh, Steve. But now there's so many people. Right. And that's, I mean, and that's why, like, People are getting more and more detached from their senators because the senators have to represent more and more people. Yeah, it's 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 really uh, – that don't get me into politics. I'm well, beca- I mean I'm becoming we're just a couple of spermaloggers. We are. We're a couple of spermaloggers just, uh, just you know, getting as much uh, trivia and knowledge as we can and putting it into our heads. So uh, here's a quote from President uh, Barack Hussein Obama. Right. Uh, I just like saying it like that. Yep. So uh, Thanks, in Obama, terms of uh, Joe Flacco coming, that was good timing, uh, re- uh, referencing the $120 million contract over six years that he got as an extension. Right. I'd say that if you keep on playing like that, you're going to challenge Vice President Joe Biden for the most popular person from Delaware. <laughs> good one. Yeah. That's Great a pretty way. good one. This is what I love about the uh, state of Delaware. Uh huh. Is that they went ahead and put the word "where" <laughs> in it. <laughs> that's the thing. Like I, I honestly, you know, there's there, there's obviously this this revolution that's happening right now in Turkey, and there's the argument that like you know it's like getting a lot of news coverage, and some people are saying, well, most people can't even find Turkey on the map. I would be willing to guess that as many people know where as many Americans know where Turkey is as though where Delaware is. <laughs> That's a good point. Actually, man, I would have a much easier time finding Turkey than Delaware. <laughs> yeah, I know what Turkey looks like. Like I can find the Black Sea. I can find the Mediterranean Sea. That gives me a pretty good uh, <laughs> you know, guesstimation of where Turkey is. Delaware, I don't know. There's Potomac or some shit. I don't care. Delaware, isn't should, it? Just it on should the... be a Delaware, I don't care. <laughs> They should change it to. Is it Delaware like on the other side of Connecticut? Am I I, completely off base here? No, it's like right next to Maryland. (laughs) This is this is absurd. By which I mean Wareyland. I could I consider myself 
a pretty fervent spermologer. I should know where Delaware is on a map. I mean, I know what it looks like, so I could find it. But like, I can honestly not. I don't know what states it borders right now. Delaware is um, one of those states where if you ask me to name all fifty states, and I got to like thirty-seven, <laughs> I, I would not come up with Delaware. Well, Delaware is important though. It was the first state, first I guess. state in the union. You are correct, Jesse. It is right. It's between Maryland and New Jersey. <laughs> wow. So, Maryland, uh, Maryland, and Delaware. I don't. It's all just one big. <laughs> like honestly, sperm I, whale country. As far as I'm concerned, I'm, I'm not even. I'm not even brave enough to venture in there. I could find Rhode Island on a map faster than I could find Delaware on a map. I feel terrible about this. Mm, sorry to all our Delaware listeners. Yeah, all the Delaware. I'm sorry about that. We will come. We'll do personal arrogance con in Delaware. Uh, is there even a city in Delaware? What's a city in Delaware? Uh, <laughs> you know well, all the okay. capitals. What's the capital of Delaware? It's Dover. Dover? Dover? Yeah. Isn't that a type of fish? It's No, it's named after Dover in England. Oh, God. I don't even know. Uh, all right. Why not call it New Dover? I'm bringing or up... Ben Dover. <laughs> I'm bringing up the uh, name for Ben Revere. And ben Revere? It's Paul Revere. What am I doing with my life? <laughs> Uh, Benjamin Franklin, that guy, you know, that uh, one. um, so I'm pulling up the Wikipedia page here. Uh, in total area, it's 49th in the U S uh, right ahead <laughs> of Rhode Island. That doesn't help. Uh, 30 miles wide, 96 miles long. So it's like an, it's nothing. It's a strip mall. It's basically the size of here to Bellingham. Of Seattle uh-huh. to Bellingham, and then the width of like Seattle to Enumclaw. For all I'm you, I'm sure that'll help yeah, the listeners. For all the listeners who <laughs> trying to figure that out, for um, those of you from Lubbock, Texas, right? That'll be no problem figuring out. Population total nine hundred and seventeen thousand zero ninety two. Nine hundred and seventeen. <laughs> so to put that in perspective. Um, the city of Seattle, uh, so Delaware has 900, 900,000 people who live there and the city of Seattle has, uh, 634,000. So it's like a third bigger than Seattle population wise. What a weird state. See, uh-huh. I feel like we need to streamline <laughs> the states. Well, that's because we live in the West. Like, I don't understand this stuff where you go to the East coast and there's like states every like hundred miles. Yeah, that's nutty. I th- I say we work Delaware, Maryland, New Jersey. Mm-hmm. Let's all make that part of. We'll just let's make n- that North Virginia. Put New Jersey into New York, and call uh, it New York. <laughs> and then yeah, and then Maryland, Delaware, and Virginia. New York, should- but with a soft J, so right. it's actually New York. I like it. I like that. Uh, yeah, and then, and then Delaware and Maryland and, and uh, West Virginia and Virginia all become the same state. Right. It's all just Virginia. How many Virginias do we need, by the way? Virginia and West Virginia used to be the same state. We're lousy with Virginias. I like how the WTF files just turned into a discussion about Delaware. (laughs) Well, I mean, in a way, Delaware is the ultimate WTF file because it's a fucking weird state. I wonder. No one knows about it. The town is Dover? Dover, baby. Dover. What other city besides Dover is there? I have no idea. You can't be a you can't be a state if you don't have a city that anyone knows. Uh, there's Newcastle. 
That does ring a bell, but maybe I'm just thinking of Newcastle, Australia. Newcastle, Delaware. Uh, Sounds like a hellhole. I bet Gordon Ramsay goes there and makes fun of restaurants. <laughs> uh, it's. Z- <laughs> I'm reading the population demographics. It is 0.0% native Hawaiian or other Pacific Islander. <laughs> No There's zero Pacific Islanders in Delaware. That is insane. I don't trust a state with no Pacific Islanders. Neither do I. Uh, anyway. So anyway, Delaware. Is there any other WTF files this week? Uh, no, I just think it's weird that the Ravens went to meet Obama in fucking Ju- June. <laughs> what the fuck? What the fuck? Um, all right. Uh, my second topic this week is actually going to come from our Facebook roundup. Uh, each week we post a thread on Facebook, say, hey, to give us stuff to talk about. And you flood it with great ideas. So thank you so much. Um, but uh, this one comes to us from friend of the show, Levi Reekin. He has two great questions here. Levi from Texas. Uh, a lot of Texas on this podcast this week. Levi is Reekin from Texas? Yeah, Reekin's he went to the uh the oh, uh, Comic Palooza. Yeah, yeah. He's our Comic Palooza correspondent. Man, Texas is repping. Yeah, I know. I feel like we need to do a live show in Texas. I think that sounds awesome. In Lubbock, Texas. Um Levi Reekin says, I have a coworker named Jim Stout. His name is making me thirsty. What beer would you want to be named after? Great question. Yes, absolutely. So this comes from a couple of things. So of course, like IPAs are great beers, but you don't want to be called Imperial Pale Ale or um, India Pale Ale. Mm-hmm. That's a that's a clumsy name. But Indiana Pale Pale Ale, like Indiana Jones. Ooh, that's pretty good. How about Indiana Pele? <laughs> now that's a name I can get behind. See, I was just gonna go with Jesse Pale because mm-hmm. it, it does work for me. I. It I totally works for you. I can pull that off as a ginger. Right. Um, and yeah, there's also people who have the last name Brown. So that's pretty common. Um, I like. I'll go with Baltic Porter. I like it. I feel like just Mr. Baltic Porter. <laughs> that's not a bad name. Yeah. That commands a little bit of respect. That could actually be the last name if it was hyphenated. <laughs> no, I mean, Baltic could be your first name. Oh, I like that. Baltic Porter. Yeah. What about Steam Beer? Yeah. Just Steam. <laughs> See, I like Session. Ooh. My Eric Session. Eric Session. Mm-hmm. And then he could be a Session musician. Totally. These are the Eric Session Sessions. <laughs> Eric Session Session Musician Sessions. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that was the first part of his question. The second part of his question is something that got my mind wheels a turning. He says... I'd like to hear your ideas for a Seinfeld slash MTG crossover. I don't know what that means. Just have fun with it. That's what he says to us. So would the characters be planeswalkers? I think they would have to be. Okay, so let's let's back up here. So just so people know, MTG is Magic the Gathering. It's a card game, quite possibly the greatest card game of all time. Mass debatable. Mass debatable. Um, but Seinfeld, quite possibly one of the greatest... Uh, sitcoms of all time. Again. Writers Guild of America posted that Seinfeld is the second best written show ever. Right. Writers Guild is a bunch of quitters. They're like, <laughs> Ooh, we don't make enough money. Ew, we're going to stop. 
Is that what they do? Is that the- uh, All right. I want more money off of digital distribution. <laughs> okay, great. Uh, so if we were going to make Magic the Gathering, now basically what Magic the Gathering is, is a bunch of, the premise is that you are a planeswalker, which means that you have the ability to cast spells and summon creatures. And so that's what you're doing is you're trying to destroy another planeswalker by casting better <laughs> spells than him. That's that's what Magic the Gathering. That's the premise. So if we were going to put Seinfeld in here, so you're saying that we would have to have, we'd have to make them all uh, planeswalkers. Right. There are five colors in Magic, so this lines up perfectly because we have, uh, of course, Jerry, George, Kramer, Elaine, and Newman. So he'll he'll be the fifth one because we have to line up co- colors for these guys. Right. So what color would what color would Jerry be to start off with? So this is a tough one. I want to say he's black. Okay. He's super negative. <laughs> he whines a lot. So basically, I've been listening to the Mark Water, Mark Rosewater podcast, and with black, the black color and magic. Um, it represents winning at any cost. So I kind of feel like George should be black because I feel like, like, but George is more red. I think I kind of thought maybe George should be blue because he's tricksy. He is. Well, see, but so is Kramer. Kramer. I want to say, oh man, this is confusing and also not funny. It's super confusing. All right, this is this is the way it's going. Okay. Okay, let, let's go down by color. I think right. it's easier to go who fits the color best, not I like what it. does this character. So let's let's go with red, my okay. favorite magic. It's fast, it's it's strong. Mm-hmm. It deals a lot of damage right out of the gate, but if you don't really seal the deal at first, it right. gets away from you. Right. Uh, I feel like that's cr- classic Kramer. Okay. Comes with a great idea. Mm-hmm. Slides but it right in there. It always unravels. There's always, you know, like you it. can't really seal the deal. Right. And he comes through the door fast. Right. He does. He slides got right through haste. there. Right. He's definitely Kramer got haste. Has haste. Yeah. And he doesn't like artifacts either. He breaks a lot of stuff. Yeah. Let's go with Elaine next. Okay. So. No, they we're going with colors. Oh, right. oh yeah, yeah. So oh, blue, I like blue, no. blue being George. I think if, if, Kramer's going to be red. The blue should be George. Uh-huh. Because George is all about trying to trying to outsmart everyone. Right. Definitely outsmarting. Right. And maybe a little too smart for his own good. Right. Gets himself into trouble, but also finds himself in advantageous situations like working for the Yankees or having a job where he could just sleep under the desk all the time. Uh-huh. Sometimes his strategy just wins, mm-hmm. and it's kind of goofy. All right. What's green, then? Is that yeah. going to be a lane? Well, green is so green. Is, so the whole thing between blue is and green is nature versus nurture. So blue uh, thinks that you can become whatever you want through the right training, whereas green assumes that everyone is born the way that they are, and then that's that's the way that they should be. Uh huh. So I you got big beasts, right? You got lots of mana. See, I think we just do Newman here. Oh yeah, he he's like your five four trample. Yeah, totally. He gets he, in your way. Uh huh. You can't he really get around him. Over your plans mm-hmm. too. Yep. And I think this lines up perfectly because now we have black and white. So right. and you have the black and white dichotomy. So basically, what white is is winning 
but by following a, a moral code. Right. Whereas black is winning at any cost. And also rats. Right. So, gosh, this is tough. So which one is between Elaine and Jerry? Which one's white and which one's black? I think Elaine is white. Really? Yeah. I feel like Elaine is very win at all costs, though. I feel like she's more win at all costs than Jerry. I feel like Jerry's got more of a conscience than Elaine. I don't. I haven't watched enough Seinfeld. I just watched it last night. Oh, there you go. It was on at eleven thirty. It's literally on all the time. All right. I could see. I could see Elaine being black. I'm thinking yeah. like the the muffin top yeah. episode. She's Liliana of the Veil, like totally incarnate. <laughs> oh wow. Yes, and Jerry is a Johnny Goldbane. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Whereas Kramer is Chandra. All right, that's enough and, magic uh, talk. And Seinfeld always wears those white sneakers. Exactly, the white sneakers. All right. So, so these are our planeswalkers. Jerry is white. Uh, George is blue. Kramer's red. Newman is green. And Elaine is black. That made sense, actually. I'm pretty happy with how that panned out. I think that any time that uh, you write a show, you should just be able to align five characters to those colors, and you'll be oh, fine. Oh, well, okay, let's do Friends then real quick. <laughs> Friends is no good because there's six characters. That's true. But I do, feel like it's, purple. I do feel like it's easier because... Well, what you could about have uh, Family Matters, Eric? Well, well, we could do Friends, but you could have Colorless in there. Yeah, who would be the Colorless? Ross. Definitely. Yeah, Ross He's is definitely a colorless. Artifacts. Well, green? I mean, obvious choice for green is Phoebe. Right. But I feel like Phoebe is more white, really. She's very virtuous. Mm, she is actually really virtuous. Right? I mean, she broke up with that cop for shooting a bird. Mm-hmm. Very virtuous. Yeah. Very virtuous. All right, red. Red. Is I'm... that Zoe or Chandler? Well, I mean, even Monica's got some red in her. Yeah, see, I'm thinking... Red, no, Monica's really controlling. I want to put her as blue. See, I'm thinking red is Rachel. Mm, yeah, because Rachel's she's... got a little fire up her ass. And she's kind of chaotic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Black. Then. So blue, blue, I would think, would be Chandler. Chandler or Monica. I think I'm getting a oh, blue yeah. vibe from Monica. Totally. Because she's like OCD. Right. You know, she's very controlling. Oh, totally. She's got control yeah, she's got the control thing. And and then green, I would think, would be Joey. Joey's definitely green. he's totally nature. <laughs> he's, he's very nice. He nature. is who he is. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what are we What are we missing out here? So we have white is Phoebe, colorless is Ross, green is Joey, uh, uh, blue is Monica, red is Rachel, black would be Chandler. I guess he's black. I mean, he did get addicted to prescription drugs, but that was in, that was in real life. That wasn't on the show. Oh shit! <laughs> all no, right. I mean, Chandler is a win at all costs kind of guy. Oh, totally. totally. He's willing to be underhanded when it when it matters. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like he gets he he contrives all these situations though in his head. So really, I think that Chandler would be more of a blue, and Monica would be more of a he's black. Blue. Maybe Chandler is like a. Chandler might be like a blue-red combo. Mm, interesting. See, okay, I, we've gone too deep. We've, we've gone, gone super dual deep. color. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so anyway, that, there you go. Yes, for Le- Levi, you got it. All right. Uh, moving on here. Uh, we're going to do our, our Facebook roundup here. But before we do, we want to let you know how you can get in touch with us. Please uh, write us an email, personalargents at gmail.com. Uh, send us a voicemail, 360-362-0024. Uh, please uh, like us on Facebook. We've gotten tons of likes this week. Uh, keep them coming, guys. We are getting very close to 200, which we're very excited about. 
Um, so uh, thank you so much for doing that. Um, you can also uh, follow us on uh, on Twitter at Personal Podcast, and uh, you can rate and review us on iTunes, and that helps us out a ton when you do that. Um, and please, guys, check out the Bald Move Network uh, right now. Oh, God, Game of Thrones is blowing up, and uh, and yeah. Aaron and Madbrew are there to walk you through the whole thing. Um, not to mention Mad Men's going on. Mad Men is also awesome, and that's how you get your gym uh, in your ears. Um, and then, uh, and then, of course, uh, don't forget about Up Yours Downstairs and The Because Show all on baldmove.com. Go there right now. Uh, all right, let's do a Facebook roundup. Here we go. Rob Zip, also from Texas, said, I'm going to call you while I record my podcast, Podcast Crash. Rob, you didn't do it. What the fuck, Rob? Made a promise. Get off my back, Rob. Get off my back. Uh, <laughs> um... Uh, and uh, Eduardo Salas Mata. Last week we said that nobody calls us from San Diego, but apparently he did call us, but he didn't say he was from San Diego. So mm. perhaps a new San Diego, San Diego correspondent. Yeah. When he said he was from SD, I thought he meant South Dakota. <laughs> I don't think we have been called from South Dakota, so challenge is out there. Oh, maybe that is South Dakota. I just read it as San Diego. Interesting. Well, you'll have to call in and clarify. I think he was from South Dakota. Okay. Uh, Corey Kershaw sent us a link to Bald Move, or Bald Move, to Kill Bill Volume 3. He says, I really hope this follows through with the Beatrix kiddo's daughter, BB, and uh, Vernita Green's daughter, Nikki Nikki Bell. I'm looking forward to this. Enjoyed Volume 2 more than Volume 1 and really hope this wraps up the series. I always wondered why they never made a video game out of this series when it lends itself so well to the medium. I think that it would be hard to make a video game unless you did it completely right. It would probably just be some lady with a sword going through and killing a bunch of dudes. Which, you know, it's hard to pull off that in a way that's intriguing. Because that game's been made like 100,000 times. Right. But Kill Bill, if Volume 3 is happening, that's cool. Um, I'm not sure if it is, but uh, it's it's speculated right now on IMDb. Uh, Kyle... Alessandrini, Alessandrini says, "Mermaids, myth or massive government call cover up? Could they be our real defenders of the deep? I don't think so, dude. I don't think you could pull that from sperm whales." Uh, yeah, I mean, size alone, and we've right. already discussed how ancient right. uh, jellyfish had arms. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's no way a mermaid could handle a jellyfish with arms. <laughs> He says, did you see the Animal Planet special? Pretty interesting theory on how humans might have evolved from the sea instead of directly from apes. Well, here's here's the thing. Also, it was an Animal Planet special who was like, mermaids are real. So, I mean, there's your credibility out the, out the door already. <laughs> and also, besides that, I actually did subscribe to the aquatic ape theory of uh, bipedal evolution – For a long while, because I heard it in, like, an anthropology class I was sitting in on in university, and I was like, that actually makes a lot of sense. It makes more sense than any other, like, arboreal or whatever. (laughs) Uh And then uh, uh, recently I heard a lot of evidence as to why that couldn't have happened, and my mind was changed, so I'm pretty sure that the animal planet is wrong. Who knows? Maybe it's a great special and your mind will change again. You know, that always is a possibility. I'll have to look it up on Hulu Plus or something. Adam Gumbel says, I'm moving this weekend, and some of my buddies are going to help me in exchange for beer. I have a few questions. First, 
What would you guys recommend as a good moving beer? Something on the lighter side, which we can sip on during the moving process. Second, why is it that beer pretty much is a universal method of payment for favors amongst buddies? Uh, when was that decided? I know it's because beer is amazing, but I almost feel like I'm obliged to provide beer for my friends, even though they don't want it. Uh, like even when they don't want it, uh, like it's a ritualistic part of mo the moving process that we must observe or something. Finally, do you think that there are any people out there who got hired for a professional moving company and were really disappointed when they found out that they got paid in money instead of beer? All right. Thanks. That is a very appropriate question. Yes, because uh, based we on moved. recent events, we moved. Jesse, you wouldn't picked up the beer. What did you pick up? Well, uh, I do want to say Superstar Dan gave me ten bucks for the beer run. By the mm -hmm, way, mm -hmm. so no, so I picked up a IPA, full sale IPA, and I also picked up. Tiger Lager. My reasoning yeah. was I wanted nice dry beers, nothing too heavy, nothing with too much body. So, and I didn't know, you know, maybe people want a flavorful ale, maybe people want a crisp, refreshing lager. So I picked, uh, I picked up both of those. There you go. I like the Tiger a lot. I thought that that was clutch. So if you can get Tiger where you're at, Adam, that's good. Second of um, all, yeah, I think that we should definitely start a beer, start a moving company that pays in beer. That's a good call. By the I also want to say, when he asks, you know, when did this tradition start? Uh huh. I'm pretty sure that it started with the building of the Great Pyramids. Oh, which yeah. coincides with some of the earliest recordings of beer recipes in history. I'm not sure that everyone was asked to help move <laughs> when it came to building the Great Pyramids, uh -huh. but they were definitely compensated with beer, and that is a known fact. Yeah, so there you go. Done and done. Uh, Jonathan Drozd says, I keep telling JR he needs to record his voicemail soon. We are enjoying many beers here at Philly Beer Week. Uh, we'll, we'll, get, we'll get the full report next week. We're very excited to hear it, and thanks for writing in, Jonathan. James Patterson said, I just wanted to say your rundown of Iron Man 3 uh, plot made it sound spectacularly crappy. And I wouldn't much ra and I would much rather watch Eric's awesome Aquaman pitch. Did you guys ever read the old Midnight Suns books? Uh, why can't they make a good movie with Ghost Rider, Morbius, Blade, etc.? What would your Midnight Suns pitch sound like? Thanks. I don't know if we have t enough time for a full pitch, but I think it makes a lot of sense to do Midnight Suns because this is basically like Ghost Rider slash vampires in Marvel Universe. Um, but there's a couple things that are very that are kind of lining up for this to happen. First of all, Nicholas Cage will do any movie that you pay him to do. Second of all, Wesley Snipes, Wesley Snipes is now out of prison, so he can revive Blade. And also, mm -hmm. these are known properties, uh, be it um, you know kind of bemoaned properties, but they are known properties. So you could bring them in and have like an Expendables type movie. With Ghost Rider and Blade and Morbius, who's, who's another vampire. And there's like a bunch of vampires and stuff in um, in Midnight Suns. So just have like Ron Perlman be a vampire and then have like Sylvester Stallone be a vampire. And just make it Expendables in in the Marvel Universe. And there you go. Yeah, I love the idea of Rhea, per Rhea Perlman being a vampire. Good idea, Eric. T thank you. <laughs> um and plus, the cool thing about Midnight Suns is basically everybody rides a motorcycle. So it's like a motorcycle gang. It basically is the Expendables, but just make them vampires um, and undead 
motorcycle riders who have been yep. cursed by hell. And then you're all good. Uh, and then finally, Jonathan, Jonathan D- Droz wrote us again. He said, speaking of movies, I heard that they recently sold the movie rights for Ready Player One. I really hope that movie gets made. The book was spectacular. Yeah, I just said spectacular, LOL. Ready Player One is a book. Like, guys, if you have not picked up Ready Player One, it is a great book. And if you don't want to read with your eyeballs, listen with your ears because the audiobook, uh, you can get it on Audible. Uh, and uh, and it's narrated by Will Wheaton, and he does a great job. The only thing about this movie is they have to make sure, like, they got the rights to it, but they have to make sure they get all the licenses because it has everything from, like, Star Wars to, like, Transformers to, like, Japanese anime and, like, all this stuff all slammed into this MMO universe that in the future that people live in. Um, but it is a really, really cool story. I would, I would encourage anybody out there to go uh, and pick it up. And I, if they make it in a movie, I hope they do it right. Um, but it is a really, really intriguing story uh, about these people who are basically trying to win this. It's not winning a lottery, but they're trying to find this special Easter egg that will basically make them the richest person on the planet. Um, so it's this treasure hunt for this, for this Easter egg. It's a great story. Um, so, Thanks, everybody, for writing in. Jesse, we're going to do some recommendations. Call it cast. What do you say? Let's. Let's do it. What's your first reco? Uh, so my first recommendation is a strategy board game for two players I've been playing. Mm-hmm. It's called Hive. Uh, you get yeah. these cool, like, hexagonal, uh, almost, I mean, they're basically made out of, like, domino tiles mm-hmm. in consistency, and each one represents a uh, style of insect which moves around the game board differently. And by game board, I mean there's not really a game board. I mean, it's like you put a... One player puts a hex down, another player puts a hex down touching it. So you get this kind of like amorphous, ever-changing game board that you move your pieces around. And it's a lot of fun. It's a great two-player strategy game. Cool. Uh, my first reco this week is going to be, and this one's sp- specifically for Adam Gumble, uh, moving. If you're moving this weekend, get small boxes, okay? <laughs> yeah, no sh- fucking shit, man. First of all, so I went to uh, I went to Home Depot. And they the, were like 90 pounds the, at least. The small box is 78 cents at Home Depot. The extra large box is $1.78. So I got five extra large and five small. Which ones were better? The the smalls, because you can actually carry them and you don't load them with a hundred pounds worth of stuff. So get small boxes if you're moving, guys. Don't be a dummy like Eric. Get small boxes. Jesse, what's your seco? Uh, so Angry Orchard, a uh, crisp hard cider. Had a couple of these the other night. Really enjoyed it. I'm not much of a cider guy. Hmm. Because I, you know, I just love beer so much, but I actually really enjoy cider. Uh huh. And I can definitely see myself drinking more of it in the future. And it was really good. Angry Orchard. Angry Orchard. And then I'm going to wrap it up. Uh, my second record this week is if you're coming to Seattle this summer for fun, or if you're coming for packs, uh, then uh, I, w- I would suggest using either Airbnb or Verbo because I've used them a couple times now, and it's so much better than renting a hotel room. If you're going anywhere this summer, just use those. Like honestly, you get to you, you can rent a whole apartment for like less than a than a hotel room. This sounds like a paid endorsement, but they're actually just really good sites. <laughs> Have you heard the horror stories though? 
What are the horror stories? Well, the horror stories from people who have rented, like, not gone and, like, stayed somewhere, but mm-hmm. have hosted people mm. and basically had their whole place trashed. Well, don't trash people's places. I mean, that's the other thing. It's like it's it's similar to couch surfing in that everybody is rated. So right. if you're bad, then you'll get bad ratings, and then people won't want to either stay at your place or go to your place. That's interesting. So yeah. don't be bad. Don't yeah, just come on. We're all fucking humans. Just be good, guys. We're all we're all in this together on this crazy blue marble floating <laughs> through space, actually spinning through space at an uncontrollable rate. So let's not be. Let's not be buttholes, please. <laughs> Let's do it. All right, guys. Thanks so much for listening this week. And, uh, listener, we'd like to remind you that wherever you go. And whatever you do. Please stay, stay arrogant. arrogant. <laughs>